What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Brennan Spellacy, who's the co-founder of Patch. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and learn more about what you're working on at Patch. For people that haven't heard of it, what is it? What is Patch? Yeah, so Patch is a platform for negative emissions. What that means is we offer both a visual interface as well as an API interface for companies, uh, tech-enabled or otherwise, to take CO2 out of the air. The way we do that is we partner with a wide variety of what are called carbon removal or carbon offset projects on the back end of our business and allow their inventory or capacity to be transacted electronically. So this is awesome. So you're almost like the magic behind the magic, which is which which was which is fantastic as you're like building on like that layer. Can you kind of like walk me through like let's say I was a company um that that wanted to build kind of on top of the API and just like offer something for my employees, maybe carbon offset program, things like that. Like how would I how would it work if I wanted to use patch or if I'm thinking about it the wrong way, like can you kind of walk me through the user experience of one of your customers, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So on the outside, Patch really looks like a software infrastructure business. So although the internal mechanics are very marketplace-like, um, the outside looks like a developer tool. So what you'll do is you'll uh, go to Patch's website, you'll make an account. Um, right now, we're technically in closed beta, so there's a little bit more hand-holding and onboarding. Uh, and you'll actually get an API key in the developer documentation and use any of our client libraries to start transacting. So the simplest integrations can be like three lines of code. An example of that might be a challenger bank wanting to put a percentage of interchange into carbon removal. And you have something more sophisticated, like a carbon accounting software, where they might use um, some other project endpoints we have to have an embedded carbon removal marketplace within their actual application. So there's a really wide variety of different types of tools and products you can build with Patch. Yeah, that's very exciting. And I think the timing obviously couldn't be more perfect with where we're at in the world. We'll talk about that in a second, but, but I, I'm kind of curious why did you decide to spend your time working on this? What's the origin of the story uh, for Patch? Yeah, so trying, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. So winding, winding back, I initially studied chemical engineering at McGill. So the intention there was to, um, I always wanted to work in renewable energy, and I always wanted to fight climate change through decarbonizing the grid. Um, I ended up only getting jobs in oil and gas, so I became a programmer at Shopify and then a hospitality tech company called Sonder. So kind of went on a six to seven year detour rejecting the oil and gas world. And then when it finally came time for me to leave Sonder because it became become quite large and I wanted to start a company of my own with my co-founder, Aaron, uh, I wanted to make sure we brought it back to climate. When you think about mitigating climate change, there's two really broad buckets. You could focus on decarbonization, which is incredibly 
uh, typically bespoke to the industry. So the way you decarbonize power versus uh, the supply chain of like a food business is very, very different. And there's the idea of carbon removal or carbon compensation, which is the act of taking CO2 out of the air. We felt in aggregate that we ourselves were best positioned to actually help with that ladder bucket, the carbon removal piece. And so that's why we built Patch was we made it, we make it incredibly easy to access a bunch of different forms of carbon removal and carbon offset technology, while companies can focus internally on decarbonizing their businesses. So tell me, like, tell me a little bit about what's going on, um, maybe like scientifically in the market, but also just like in business. Like right now there's, this is important um, for a lot of companies. I'm seeing a lot of companies start to talk about this, make moves here. Can you kind of just give me the, what, what's going on in the, in the world from your perspective, why this is important? And also like, what are you seeing on the business side? Like how are businesses thinking about this? What kind of macro changes are you seeing in the environment, um, in the business environment to make change for the overall environment? Yeah, absolutely. So at, at the very highest level, um, companies, uh, individuals, as well as uh, political bodies are trying to figure out how we get to what are called the net zero emissions by around 2040, 2050. And you'll see a lot of corporate claims typically citing that date. And the reason for that is because there's a really, there's a wealth of climate um, models and reports basically saying, if we don't get to net zero emissions by that particular date, um, there's gonna be like a bunch of irreversible climate outcomes. Um, and so that both comes into the lines of, okay, how do we decarbonize our emission, our operations, as well as how do we remove carbon? Um, decarbonization is going to come through like changing energy resources and retrofitting supply chains. And so that's what kind of everyone's thinking about right now. And then about 70 to 80% of the emission reductions will come from decarbonization and then the remainder actually needs to be removed from the ambient air. So that's kind of like the, the really high level setting. When you go a level beneath that, Climate is very much in the zeitgeist right now, as you mentioned. Um, and that results in a lot of pressure actually end up falling, falling on businesses. So, you know, there's this classic discussion of, is it, uh, does it fall on, you know, policymakers, does it fall on investors or consumers? And what we've noticed is that consumers for the most part are applying an immense amount of pressure on the businesses they actually shop with or spend their money with. Um, and as a result, both investors as well as the companies themselves uh, are forced to come out with some sort of climate-focused strategy. And so that comes in both the form of how do we retrofit the existing infrastructure as well as how do we start coming up with some sort of carbon management program. And so that's kind of where Patch falls in, where if you think about a company like uh, maybe like McDonald's or something to that effect, you know, you have a really, really sophisticated set of supply chain related to, you know, beef, um, you know, real estate, gasoline for transportation, there's an immense amount of stuff that needs to be decarbonized and replaced. And that's incredibly bespoke to that industry. And so what Patch is doing is while those companies uh, with those complex um, supply chains are focusing on quantifying and reducing their carbon footprint, we make it really easy to kind of do that last step. And the reason we focus on that piece is because it's highly, um, commoditized isn't quite the right word. It's, it's, high, it's basically not specific to an industry where only like the folks at McDonald's really understand how to decarbonize McDonald's, uh, but the compensation piece, it, it just comes out to tons. And so that's a really common, that's an input that can be aggregated across a bunch of different industries. And then eventually you can, uh, you know, get additional pricing power and it usually costs less to outsource and actually build that type of program in-house. So that's kind of where we fall into the puzzle. And you mentioned in there that, as, as you said, you know, we're in the zeitgeist, like it's very, this is very hot and for very good reason. But I'm curious, like, you know, another thing that's in the zeitgeist, which is completely unrelated, but still popular is like NFTs and now like 
tons of people are saying like it's like they're so hot there's a lot of false information and people are trying to figure out what's the truth that has to be the case with with, with this too what is like one or two things that you think are maybe misconstrued about this opportunity or climate that you that you kind of want to get out to, to to an audience if they're trying to actually discover the truth but it's hard when there's so much noise talking about um talking about everything you know related to this does that make sense yeah absolutely so there's actually two more like high level themes i've noticed so the first is with a lot of um either socially or environmentally related uh, either initiatives or programs um there tends to be like a a, a vocal usually minority of people who are highly opinionated. And, and what we'll see is folks claiming that we can only do, um, to get to a net zero future, we can only use carbon removal or we can only use decarbonization or only use nuclear or, or something to that effect. Um, I'm actually of the opinion that this is such a massive problem that we actually need to do everything in parallel. And this idea of, of dogma or saying there's a silver bullet that we need to rely on is not particularly helpful. And the unfortunate reality is that we actually don't have have um, many at-bats to solve this problem. We really only have 20 to 30 years to get this really, really right. So putting all of our eggs in a single basket doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, one could make the argument that at the margin, you know, it makes sense to allocate in the incremental dollar on say decarbonization to versus carbon removal versus nuclear or something to that effect. Uh, my response to that would be, uh, if we find ourselves we're at, we're at the margin allocating a dollar in either direction, we're actually probably uh, in, in pretty big trouble regardless, because there needs to be an immense amount of investment in what is effectively retrofitting 200 years worth of infrastructure in about 20. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's a piece that gets forgotten so frequently is we built, we built the entire industrial era. The last two industrial revolutions were built on the backs of fossil fuels. And we need to transition away from that in an alarming amount of, alarming small amount of time. Um, and I think the other piece is kind of related to the vocal minority component that I mentioned earlier is this idea of wanting to find the perfect solution before um, kind of iterating to maybe a solid or good solution. So we've seen a lot of companies really worry about getting, you know, to the kilogram accuracy on their carbon footprints, wanting to maybe find budget to compensate their entire footprint in one fell swoop. Um, and truthfully, the more analysis paralysis you have and act um, less quickly, uh, the deeper trouble we actually get in. So a lot of the time is we're encouraging folks to say, hey, what's like a small pilot or small test we can actually run and iteratively kind of uh, eat the elephant, if you will, and one bite at a time and kind of slowly iterate towards something that hopefully will eventually be perfect. Um, carbon does have a time value, right? A ton avoided today or removed today is more valuable than one in 10 years because uh, basically when the CO2 is in the atmosphere, it's, it's heating the planet. So the sooner we can take some kind of action, even if it isn't perfect, uh, I would advocate is the better position. And let's kind of look out, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years into the future. What's the big vision that you have for uh, for Patch? And I guess you, what, what, what's the um, what's the direction you're rowing in? And what will the world look like when Patch succeeds? Yeah, absolutely. So in 10 or 15 years, it's quite far out. Um, I mean, I think you know, that's always, it's always an interesting thought experiment. I mean, for the next four to five years, we're going to be laser focused on carbon specifically. And so how do we reach gigaton scale carbon sequestration and help all of our partners, uh, our carbon sequestration partners scale their business to do that? There's gonna be an immense amount of both distribution and back of office software that needs to be built to support this. And that's gonna be kind of step one. Uh, the second piece is there's actually an opportunity to go horizontal with, um, with Patch. And what I mean by that 
And so whenever you participate in commerce, uh, there's like a series of like negative, negative externalities associated with that. There's a certain amount of water consumed. Um, they might have to be eventually desalinated. There might be plastic waste that's we have to eventually fade, uh, roll out or move away from. Um, and so the longer term vision of Patch is really how do we get to the point where, you know, the way you're driving basically conscious consumerism, because there is going to always be consumption in one way or another. It's just the unfortunate reality of, of being humans is how do you find a way whenever you participate in it, um, the, any sort of negative externality associated with that transaction is basically compensated or, or removed on your behalf. And that's really how we're going to get like really meaningful, like human scale level impact is if you actually put these types of processes on autopilot versus expecting 7 billion people to collectively make a decision one way or another. There's just people have too many things going on in their lives. They have to, you know, uh, take care of their kids. They have to make rent. There's all these other things going on. The last thing they can do is before every time they swipe their credit card or make a payment for something, understand, oh, what are like the three or four secondary or tertiary effects that come with this transaction. It's just, it's too much of a burden. And in order to make that a reality and make it happen, you'll need some help. It takes a village to make a startup work. So how can the forward thinking founders community help you? Are you hiring? Are you raising capital? Looking for partners or customers? You know, how can we assist? Yes, absolutely. So we're always hiring great people. Um, so right now we're about a team of eight and we're hoping to grow to around 17 or 18 by the end of the year. Um, so if you'd like to join the, uh, the patch mission, you can send me an email at brennan.usepatch.com. Uh, as well as for customers who are primarily working with, or for partners as well, we're primarily working with either technology or technical businesses. So if you're a company that wants to have impact, a positive impact on the environment, um, and maybe you're not sure how to get started, but you know how to write five to 10 lines of code, uh, also shoot me an email and we can get you up and running in a couple of days. And then for my, my last question, uh, you know, if someone wants to learn more about what you're doing, you know, the, the mission, where it is now, where can they find you online? What's your website? Do you have social media? Can they email you, you know, one more time, you know, how, how can they get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So you can absolutely email me um, or you can visit Patch's website at patch.io. Uh, and we're also on Twitter at usepatch. Great. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. It was great.